what attitudes are in the way when you want to show up for others and be a real ally? Have you ever been in a conversation where your assumptions, your discomforts or beliefs took too much space and you realized that what you thought was empathy could do more harm than good? Hi, I'm Savan, and this is Be and Think in the House of Trust, a podcast for and by leaders who love to invest in social and environmental change and are keen to reflect on the mental models that make or break the impact they seek to create. Our guest today in the House of Trust is Emily Goodall. Emily sees finance as a force for positive change, and she applies this in her various roles at the intersection of private, public, and civil society. After a dialogue with other social finance professionals about individuals' experience of racism, Emily started to think. She noticed that a very human desire from people who have not experienced racism directly to empathize with that experience and to bring in their own experiences, perhaps around other forms of discrimination. But she feels there's a risk in bringing your own experience into a dialogue. This episode is a bit different. You'll notice I'm asking Emily the same questions a few times, uh, allowing her some time to reflect deeply on her topic and build a rich perspective for herself and for us too. I hope you enjoy it. So, Emily, you shared this question. How can we ignite a culture of care and kindness in our workspaces and communities? How can we be present and show empathy without taking too much space? And how can we be at the service of others without being passive to the point of being useless as an ally, work peer, or leader? So, Emily, what do you want to think about? <laughs> Some big questions there. Well, I think it was prompted, and it may be worth sharing the example that prompted some of these questions. We're in a, another great dialogue with some other women in social finance, which was really fascinating to me because it was a discussion around individuals' experience of racism. Mm -hmm. And there's a very human desire that I sort of felt and witnessed within that group of the desire from people who have not experienced racism directly to empathise with that experience and so to bring in their own experiences perhaps around um, other forms of discrimination perhaps that they may have been on the receiving end of and I realized in that discussion and I've seen it happen before there you know there's a sense of the, the risk of in doing so either minimizing that person's experience or seeking to sort of co-opt that person's experience and yet how do you channel I suppose that desire to to empathise, to, to, to actively listen, to be a supportive ally. And I think, you know, that was that example, but I think that can show up in lots of different areas of, of life and, and dialogue. And so it was um, something that I was reflecting on, on how to do that, to be an active ally, essentially. And I think, you know, through showing that kindness and caring, and that was what prompted some of these reflections. And what more do you think or feel or want to say? I think on that, it then prompted a good discussion, I think, bet between us, and I always really appreciate uh, your prompting and your questions around this. So, so thank you once again for inviting me into this discussion. Um, I always feel like I get uh, sort of learn or get some illumination through it. So thank you. But I think the, it, it prompted some, some thoughts about how just how, as an active listener, be how much you are in service 
so that's your you're an illustration of that so that's that's you're in service to others and that in and of itself can be enough and can actually be hugely powerful without having to come with solutions without having to come with answers without having to propose you know and here's what we do next there's absolutely you know no need for that often just being that active listener can can be very much of service to to others in in all forms of dialogue and, and connection in service to others and what more does this thinking brings up in you well, i suppose it's a good challenge then as to how to show up in that way mm-hmm. in many of the interactions that we have day to day whether that's you know connecting someone walking along the streets or in a very intentional way in a meeting or in a conversation with a friend you know you can think about how i think not to underestimate the potential power of just showing up and listening to other people and what that can unlock and how that can be you know hugely constructive in and of itself without being it's not a passive act in a sense so what would you be able to to be or do or feel more of that we could maybe think about in this in this time that we have together oh i don't i suppose there's also a part of letting go of needing to accomplish anything mm, letting go <laughs> you know it doesn't have to be always i'm making this intervention in order to get to this point it's not like a linear sequence of if i do this then this happens mm. so actually all together letting go of needing to accomplish anything <laughs> mm. and and not knowing where that that act will go um it doesn't really matter it's the power of the act in and of itself mm. so there was something about showing up and letting go yeah it, it maybe feels sometimes that's a good point it can be feel like a it's not inconsistent you know they're not <laughs> they're not mutually exclusive um they can work very powerfully together mm. so emily what do you think is is in the way of showing up and letting go Oh, I suppose there's a lot of a lot of us well I, I for one can speak of you know spending an inordinate of time either thinking about what's happened or what might happen rather than just being you know present in the moment and I think one of those barriers to letting go for me at least is you know we have um, lots of thoughts running through all our heads and you're always thinking about what next and what needs to happen and what you might desire as an outcome but that's the challenge to let that go to just you know be in the moment be of service to others and trust that you know we're in the house of trust and trust that um that is probably more than enough mm. um oftentimes so I want just want burning to ask again what else uh, might be in the way of of us showing of you maybe showing up and letting go i suppose that is there is an opportunity there for the work we you know to do on on, on myself on ourselves around when you're showing up being conscious about how you're showing up you know are you ready to be in that moment are you still thinking about what's just happened or you know you mentioned sort of running from things to things often the diary can be quite busy with with things back to back and you're still sort of half thinking about what you've just been doing when you kind of come into another space so i suppose there's the work for us to be do to be to be mindful of how we show up in the moment and how you know that that presencing i think i was i was reading something about sort of what's it called absencing versus presencing and how the energy that you bring can 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 suck energy out of a room if if you're not careful just in the way that you show up so how can how can you ground yourself in that sort of presencing rather than absencing so being aware of 
the energy you bring and and how you how you turn up in, in any given moment through any interaction. And of course, we're not we're not wholly rational beings at all. So, you know, there's all sorts of things going on with each of us at any point in time. And I suppose just being cognizant of that and 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 owning it if you turn up in not quite the right mood and mm. you know, owning that and 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 by owning that I mean being reflective of it. And then if it hasn't quite gone as you wanted or you've not quite turned up in the spirit you intended, there's power in just acknowledging that as well and sometimes apologizing, essentially. Thank you. Maybe I'm thinking too much of my children here, but you know. <laughs> oh, what what do they What's coming up for you when you're thinking too much of your children? Yeah, I just thinking like, you know, as a, as a busy mum, you know, like oh. the importance of clearing your, your headspace before showing up for them as well, oh. as much as possible. I mean, it applies to everyone, but I suppose it, um, it certainly applies to my children. Wow. And Emily, I'm just going to ask again, what else might be in the way? What else do you think might be in the way of you showing up or and letting go? Probably many things, but I suppose I'm trying to clear my mind a little even in this conversation. So <laughs> nothing more coming immediately to the to the mm-hmm. fore. So you listed a couple of things in our in the past minutes, and what what's most in the way? Do you think of showing up and letting go for you? Well, I suppose it is that um, something we've touched on before. Just trying to remove, you know, when when I mean sort of clearing things, it's it's in that presencing is in order to remove as much as possible the ego in the in the connection or the conversation so the fact that when you're showing up it's not it's not about you that idea of being in service to others that's what I'm meaning I suppose in relation to clearing things before engaging with my young children as much as possible is it's not about me turning up to it's about me being of service to them and I think that applies to as I said many different contexts and lots of different interactions Mm. so as much as possible they were all kind of ego driven creatures I'm sure is is to to remove that as much as possible and I think you know going right back to the beginning of the conversation one of the challenges in that desire to empathize is you are putting your how to do that without putting your ego in the in the way of the listening or the uh, I don't know if that's making sense but in 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 those kind of dialogues when someone's sharing a really personal experience with you how to remove the ego in the response to that you did not make it about yourself but even in that reaction but it's about honoring what they've shared with you and and that can apply not just in that example I'm sort of sharing you know difficult experiences of, of racism say but in I can apply in lots of different contexts of where someone's sharing something with you mm. so there's that thing around empathy and as, as um, one of our guests pointed before is that the empathy putting yourself in someone else's shoes will never happen. So how do you, how do you connect all these things? You're moving the, you said removing the ego, listening, be present, showing up. But what's, what's the whole, all the connection there? Good question. <laughs> I think there's an element of back to the concept of, of trust. It's an important brick I think in that the building of any relationship or any connection is am I trusting that someone's really listening to really hearing me and not just jumping to their own experience or their own which comes from a well-meaning place that can create a a barrier at the same time it's something I've certainly experienced and not through any malice or you know 
you know, bad intention on the part of the other. But when someone seeks to immediately try and empathise with, and you're thinking, actually, did you really, did you really hear me? You know, did you really hear what what I was saying? And I was expressing a, you know, a feeling through that experience rather than just an experience for you to then share with me your experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, I think, just trying to be. And I'll continuously challenge, be challenged by this, I'm sure, but continue to try and, and challenge myself around that in those those sorts of interactions to think, oh, hang on, that that's, that didn't feel great when someone did this to me as well. I do remember that. It's it's a human desire to empathise and share your experiences, but sometimes it can get in the way of the conversation that's trying to be had. Wow. Well, that sounds like a bomb if we now come and say... <laughs> Empathy can be really, really have a sort of negative impact here, or empathy as we know it. What do you think? I don't know. I suppose it's. An, I'd have to go back and look up empathy. I think is maybe I'm misinterpreting it. Maybe that's not fair. But I think it has its place. But it, it is a very important and powerful human way to re, to react to things. But I think there's there's ways that that can be done well, and ways that that can be done in a way that that takes away from the connection sometimes. So I'm hearing that there is a, a place for being with someone, listening to their story, not having the urgency to share our own story to show that we understand, but having that kind of detachment and being detached, not as such uh, of not caring. Yeah, yeah, it's detachment, but I don't know what the word is. It's a good challenge. Is it detachment? Is it because in a way that is caring? Because it's not disinterest. It's not necessarily even a lack of empathy I think it's just ways and means of how to respond appropriately or adequately and sometimes silence can be extraordinarily powerful in that a sort of intent intentional silence and engaged silence if that makes sense so Emily at the beginning you wanted to ask yourselves you know how can we be present and show empathy without taking too much space and you also how can we be at the service of others without being passive to the point of being useless as an ally work peer or leader then I wonder how far are you right now uh always always feels like at the foothills (laughs) always at the foothills of that but it's um it's really good to to talk with you about it because it yeah it takes it to that next level of reflection on you know how we can all show up and with intent and with caring intent. Mm. So if you had one question you wanted to shape or build for yourself, take away in your little handbag to explore, as you are now on that thinking journey, what question would you ask yourself now? Maybe a bit ironic given how much I've just spoken, but maybe, uh, yeah, where and how to use that really active silence. Where and how to use that very active silence. Well, thank you. I'll be, um, with your permission, I'll be asking you uh, what you find out along the way and, you know, in a few days, weeks. Thank you so much, Emily. Yes, please. Thank you, Simon. Thank you so much. Thank you again, everybody, for listening to that new thinking conversation in the House of Trust. In our next episode, we'll talk to Matt Smith, CEO of the Key Fund, a social finance organization based in Sheffield in the north of the United Kingdom. Matt will share his insights from the past years as a social investor and what the COVID crisis taught him. 
He'll share with us what it means to put trust and good relationships at the center of your work and what it does to put this into practice every day. So come back to listening. The show is available anywhere you can find podcasts. For more insights, events, and resources, you can head to my website, servanoison.co.uk, and subscribe to my regular Conscious Innovation updates with jobs, events, tips, and a thinking environment for people who love to invest in social change and ignite a positive impact. I look forward to connecting with you. Goodbye.